Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And this show is brought to you by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is a unique web application with well over 5,000 training videos. And let that sink in for a second. Over 5,000 individual training videos. It's unique because every video is 100% follow along, has a slow motion timer, music, the, and the average video is around five minutes. So the kids can really stick with it with the support of their parents and their coaches because they know going into it, yep, it's five minutes. Yep, I'm empowered. I know exactly what I got to do. I know how long it's going to um, take. I know it's the same format. I get to choose different skill areas. They can stick with it with your encouragement. And coaches enjoy it because they can create teams, upload their logos, set a training goal for their team. They get a weekly email letting them know if folks are doing it. They can see how long each kid is training, how many videos they've done. And we're constantly adding more and more features. And the best part is it's absolutely free to join, right? And you get a lot of great free content. And the upgrade is less than a dinner for two for the entire year for individuals. And clubs can get it for less than a cup of coffee per uh, player per year. And I'm imploring you to check it out. Not, not for me, not for me. But there's a child, and we see it all the time. There's a child in your living room, or there's a child in your, uh, on your team that wants to get better. It's outside right now kicking the ball against the wall that if you introduce them to a program where they can set rewards, a program where it, it tells them exactly what to do, a program where they get a green check every time they finish a video, a program where they can compete against their friends on a leaderboard, you introduce them to that and they are going to blow you away. So check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about what we do. And now let's get on to the show. Now, this is going to be a quick show and it's the first show in a series that are, uh, of shows based on the ebook that I just dropped called The Definitive Guide to In-Home Soccer Training. Now, when I first started doing this podcast, way, way, way back, it's probably been almost three years now, definitely two years ago, I promised you guys an ebook entitled um, The Five Secrets of Ball Mastery. And at that, at that time, I thought, you know what, if I could just share some of the things I do back home without any context, you know, not giving much context, I just thought that would be enough. But over my journey of speaking to people, my own growth, my own perspective changing, my kids growing, feedback from others, I've learned, you know what, I have to give a lot more context and I want to give more, much more detail about the things that we do at home and detail about from, uh, from the perspective of things I've learned. And I'm not sharing this detail um, because I think I'm particularly right, per se. I am sharing this detail so that you can, can give me real feedback and you can get a valuable resource to, compare, to basically compare notes. Because if I just told you general stuff, then we would all agree, but then we would leave the meeting. You know, you've been in those corporate meetings where the senior... Uh, <laughs> We, uh, the senior um, 
the, your senior managers or whatever would give these lofty uh, we wordsmithing presentations or directions or you know vision type statements and that sounds good but then everybody would leave the meeting like okay what do we have to do so I wanted to be the person that kind of said hey here's the playbook here's exactly what I do to the best of my ability and if this book doesn't um, encapsulate or it doesn't resonate with you call me you email me and we will talk and I'll give you even more detail people call me all the time I'm talking all the time about youth soccer to the point that I'm actually a little bit embarrassed I talk so much about it but I enjoy it and I will share with you exactly what I do and exactly sort of what I've learned and then I'll listen to what you guys do because at the end of the day we're all trying we're all in this thing together and we're trying to get better but it's these details that matter so in this book not only do I share tips on things I've learned about juggling things I've learned about getting the right balance things I've learned about um, how I approach training my kids I also share a diagram in there that shows you to the day, you know, what a typical training schedule would look like for my older son. And I'm going to do another one for my younger son. And I think I'm going to do an um, Excel spreadsheet as a supplement uh, for both my sons because it does change. And there's there's a lot of context that I can't just put into a book uh, because it doesn't work so rigidly. But that's a rough outline of sort of uh, of what we do and how, how much they train. And then what I then try to do is on the Facebook group, on the Anytime Soccer Training Facebook group, I try to share actual video of my son's playing. Now, <laughs> some of this is proud papa. Hey, my sons did a great job. I got thousands of people that can look at them. I'm just celebrating the greatness that I see in them. I'm a soccer dad. That's what soccer, some soccer dads do. Others have different approaches. But some of this is so that you can see that I don't, I'm telling you right now, I don't have some magic formula that I'm using that I'm not sharing with you. I don't have some secret sauce in the back that I'm using that on my sons that I'm not using on, that, that I'm not sharing with you. I'm sharing with you exactly to the best of my ability, exactly what we do. Then, so you can read that. Then I want to do a podcast where I give some context and some color to what we do because you can't really explain everything in a book. And in addition to that, you ain't going to read all of it anyways. And then I want to share a video of exactly um, where my sons are. These are highlights, right? If you want to see full game video, again, email me and I'll share a full game with you. But this is the sort of stuff I was longing for when I was trying to think about how to help my sons in this very specific area. This can be misconstrued as me saying, oh my, I think my sons are all that, or I think I'm all this. And I'm just kind of like talking to you guys uh, as friends now. No, as a matter of fact, I spend the majority of my time as a think, when I think about training them, how do I help them improve? let alone think they all that. I'm only sharing this so I can be completely transparent. And then the final step for, uh, for now is I wanna try to bring parents on who have raised professional athletes. They in the league, you've raised professional athletes. And I just want to ask them, what did you do? And try my best to not, um, cloud their answer with any uh, uh, um, uh, biases. I'll try my best to do that. 
I'm not a prof professional interviewer, so you know, I'll do the best I can, but try not to cloud the answers with any biases, but really encourage them to dig deep into the details. I don't want to hear my dad was always there for me. No, no, no. No, Monday through Friday, what was y'all doing? That, so I'm going to try to bring on uh, people who have raised professional athletes or, or former professional athletes who can tell us in a great detail. And the answer could be my dad did nothing. My mom did nothing. And that is also informative, okay? So that's what I want to do. That's the sort of stuff I wanted to hear. Uh, that's the kind of information I was looking for. Because quite frankly, the, these conversations tend to either be dominated by extremes, so almost like a no days off situation, and that's fine in terms of how much they train, that's up to them. So I don't mean in a derogatory way, but I mean there's no context, there's no vulnerability there. It's like, yep, my kid wakes up at six in the morning and they just want to train and they want to do it every day. And if your kid doesn't want to do that, then there's something wrong. And you're like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know that many six-year-olds who, who act that way. So kudos to you who if you do if you have a child like that but i can tell you that that's not that's that's an a, that's not a normal normal experience and then the other ex extreme that this conversation has been um dictated by is don't do anything just wait for the light bulb to, to come off and when the light bulb turns on the kids will um they'll just drive the ship they'll just They'll be pulling you at this point. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is just support them, clap at the game, cheer them on, sort of a laissez fair. And I want and but I wanted something that was in between because what the no day is off, off extreme doesn't do is show you sort of the negative side of things. The, you know, it's talked about, but they don't say, hey, you invested all this time and had this impact. You know, how do you feel about that? Uh, what was the outcome? What, what was the pressure that was placed on that child? Is this what the child actually wanted to do in the long term? Doesn't really go into that level of depth. But then what the laissez-faire and the sort of just watch and play crowd don't do very well is, or at least I don't see it. They don't reconcile how that, how that, how that advice um, translates, translates to raising a child who's in a highly competitive environment. So in other words, you know, I am the no, I am the ultimate. Um, just what love to watch you play when my children are in rec environments. I am Mister. I love to watch you play when my child is in rec environments. But in the competitive environments, I, I did see that they needed they needed a little bit of support. They needed some support on some things that they couldn't get um, in the team environment at all uh, alone and that support was in individually helping them with skill acquisition which the skills that we were helping them with in the backyard were the skills that were being needed in these game and team environments and by getting those skills uh, and acquiring those skills it built sort of a degree of confidence um, competency and then help them and get enjoy the game even longer and that's a spoiler alert to say that's the topic of this particular podcast. So what I want to do with this ebook, and if you haven't downloaded the ebook, click the show notes um, down below. But what I wanted to do with this ebook is each of the major points, each of the major pages, I wanted to do a quick, quick podcast to give you some context on um, on what I was trying to say. And so the one of the initial pages after I introduced myself is why in-home training matters. Why is in-home training important? 
And what I didn't say in the ebook that I will say now is it's not important. You training your child is not important. I don't recommend most parents, I should say it another way. I only recommend a very, very small percentage of percentage of parents actually train their son, their, their children in sports. What's important is that you spend time with your child. You know this. What's important is you play with your child. You obviously know this. What's important is you encourage them to put this stuff in perspective, right? That's what's important. In-home training only becomes significant if when you put your child in these competitive environments and you surround them by adults who are framing this stuff as a developmental opportunity. That's when it's important to help somebody, right? <laughs> I don't need to learn how to sell a sailboat. That's not an important skill set. But if you put me on a boat in the ocean, then yeah, please give me some lessons on how to sell this sailboat because I need to get back to shore. It's the framing. It's the competitive nature. It's how they, how they view themselves relative to the other kids who are doing this stuff. It's within that context that in-home training is important, right? So when my sons first started soccer, my older one, not so much my younger one, because by the time my younger one came around, I, had, I, I was much more knowledgeable. But when my older son first started soccer, and I have a picture that my friends tease me about on, on Facebook where he had the shin guards on outside of his socks, he was doing his thing. But because I think because my, I'm active with my kids, I've always been active with my kids. I'm a big sports guy, so I always had them in different sports. And um, I coached them the first year rec soccer somewhere. And then, so they had that. And then they, they did live in England. That's where I lived before. And so they kind of really were into the game in that way. So when they played in these rec environments, and many parents have this experience, they did extremely well. And most parents who have children in these rec environments that do well have had the experience I'm about to explain. Either a friend, the child, or a coach says, hey, you need to look at X, Y, and Z program. And what that X, Y, and Z program is may be a bit fuzzy for you. You may even go out of your way to look for something that's a little bit more competitive for your child, not really completely understanding what you're getting into if you're like me. And that's effectively a combination of what I did. Um, my buddy told me about, um, there's a local club here, you should put your son into this. I signed, I went, signed my son up for this. I was so naive. I didn't even, I didn't bring a soccer ball. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't even have a clue what I was getting into. And I quickly saw that my child, my older son was behind. He was really behind the other kids in terms of skill. What I didn't completely comprehend at the time that I know now is, my son happens to be born in February, okay? So he's a 2010, he's born in February. But I, saw, I signed him up for this club environment a year early. And I'm gonna tell you how naive I am. I sent the email to the club director saying, hey, my son is a 2010. Is he eligible um, for this program? Because the other kids are 2009. And you may be thinking, I'm thinking, oh, because he's too young. But I'm going to tell you how naive I was. I just saw the number 10 as being higher than the number nine. 
And in my my impulse, I just thought, that's higher. He's too old for this. I need to do something else. That's how naive I was. And he was like, no, no, no. That means you're going to get an extra. That means you're going to get an extra year of club soccer that um, the other kids don't get. And then if he does well, you can stay with that group or you can go back and effectively repeat it. That's what he was explaining. And then he sent the birth year chart to me. Well, why am I sharing this detail? Because some of you listening to this who watch the videos, now you know Adam's born in February and he got a effectively an extra year of club soccer. So whatever you see, just know February and he started a year early in club soccer. Now, so let me just keep going on. But so I didn't, but I didn't really conceptualize it completely. So in my mind, I just saw that he was behind the other kids. Then now the way my mind does work is I did see that, oh, you know, the kids who were doing things, I could see that they could, the kids who were most successful, I could see and having the most fun. I could see they had the ball the most and they had the most skill. I did see some were fast or whatever, but the number one, the common denominator was they were good on the ball. And I wanted that for my son. And so that's when I set out to say, you know what? I want to start helping train him. So the first reason it matters is because I changed his environment. I changed the context. Not only did I change. So, so even if I was the most well-behaved parent in the world, just watch you play, don't talk about it, whatever. The other kids, the other parents, the other coach, the coaches, so I'm calling all of these adults and the referee to a much lesser extent, but all of these adults are now framing this in a way that's differently different than how it was framed in the um, uh, recreational environment. And so because they're framing it in this way, um, my first recommendation is before you put their child in this environment, be willing to support them the best way that you can with the understanding now they're going to be in a competitive environment. Now, I don't want to overcomplicate it in the sense that, hey, it's still youth soccer. There's still six and seven, eight-year-olds running around at the time that my son played. So it's not like a no days off situation with the kids where it's not developmentally appropriate or that the coaches are yelling at them or the parents are being you know, completely crazy at that point. No, it's not that. I don't want to paint that picture. But I saw, I, and maybe this is, again, going to the next point, maybe this is my personality, but I saw the trajectory. I saw that, boy, if I could, I can impact how he, how he does in this environment if I get on top of it early. So that's kind of what I did. So the next thing you have to understand, again, trying to give context to this ebook that I wrote is you have to understand a little bit about my personality. I talked about this in a podcast I did way back, um, five types of parent coaches and players you can't help. But I explained that at the end of the day, my personality is, is one to help. I'm a helper. So I don't, I didn't just, I don't, as I started training my sons and they got better, I don't, I'm not the type of person that will only just train my sons. I train the whole neighborhood. As a matter of fact, right now, I volunteer to, to coach. Uh, it's probably about 40, 50 or 60 um, people, kids in our Hispanic community. That's just my personality. I don't know why I'm like that. My dad was like that. He was a volunteer um, baseball coach. He, he would get the fields together, go running around all of uh, our um, neighborhood, rounding up the players, 
getting people, this is for adult, this is an adult league, ordering all the uniforms, that's just how he was, that's how I am. I just love helping people. And so because of that, you know, to me, training my sons was just like the most natural thing I think I could possibly do in the world because I just like helping people, I like teaching people something. But then there's that dynamic of the parent-child relationship because they don't perceive it that way, right? And so I have to be very, I had to be very careful about that. And that's what all of this work is, is doing. And all this work that we're trying to do is designed on getting that, getting that right. So then the next thing is I did see that um, this could be used as a sort of prism to teach some other important life lessons. After all, I am a parent. So I don't want to sugarcoat this. Once they got into this competitive environment, and once I started working with them, I did see this was an opportunity to teach, to teach them commitment, you know, self-discipline, self-determination, um, grit, all those qualities that you're going to need that are transferable to be successful in other parts of life, other parts of their life. And I did see that I, if I could show them that the hard work was paying off, they would buy into it, which I'm actually proud to say they up until now, so far, they have bought into sort of understanding the connection between what they do in the backyard, obviously, to some extent, what they do in the team environment, and then how that relates to their game performance. So I did see that. And so now let me hit a pause here to say, I am, I am reflecting back on, um, on sort of why in-home training is important to me and why I think it should be important to you. I am reflecting on this. This, I didn't think about it so linearly and so succinctly when it was actually happening at all, at all. You know, it kind of, at first it started off like, oh, he's showing them how to do the, um, what we call fake and take. Some, lot, most people call it body faint. I'm like, oh, I can show them how to do a body faint, right? Do a body faint and, and kick the ball this way. I can show them that. So it kind of started off there. Then it went to me hiring a private trainer, right? I, you know, I, he was at an indoor facility and it was a coach there I, I liked. He was a young guy and he took an interest in Adam. And I said, okay, like, you know how you do? Do you do lessons? And he said, yeah. And when he started training Adam though, here's the thing. And me, I'm watching it like a hawk. I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. I can do that. Right? I, I, I saw what he did. I can do that. And so then I started doing what he was doing on my own. And I realized, you know what, I can do that. I can get it done in 10, 15 minutes. And then all this other stuff that I'm, that you guys have been listening to for the last two years is just me refining those initial impulses, but it wasn't so planned out in the way that I'm describing it now. Then I kind of feel this way. I want to share this with you guys. I want to bring someone on to explore this and effectively tell me what I'm missing. But I would constantly hear the 70% of kids drop out of soccer. And then it would either be fill in the gap, oh, drop out of soccer because it's not fun. And the implication would be it's because of adult behavior, right? Like adults are driving this stat. And I'm not qualified to um, say whether or not that's true. There's obviously going to be a percentage of that, maybe even a large percentage of that, where that is true. 
But I did intuitively feel like, you know, the level of enjoyment was tied to some degree to their, their competency, their um, confidence, their ability to experience success individually and as a team, you know, just common sense stuff. Like people enjoy doing things they're good at. I did feel like it was a little bit of that there. And I also felt like it's also, the narrative is also complicated because there are other options. By the time you get 13, 14, you, you discover the other sex. You also discover there's other things to do other than be on the soccer field. And I just feel like a lot of the dropping out was because we were asking our kids to be on the soccer field or any field so long and there weren't really any viable options for them to maybe play for a day, uh, sorry, practice for one day and play, but it still be at a competitive level. So I did see a, a little bit of that. And I think, so there was a lot of natural attrition versus just, I would do this. I enjoy doing this, but my mom or dad are making it, making this situation miserable or my, or my coach is making the situation miserable for me. I do think there was a competency element to it. And so I did say to myself, well, I can't predict how my children are going to be in the future. I don't know if what I'm doing is absolutely right. It could be sending them over the edge. I mean, I have to do the best I can. I don't know. But I did feel like when I started seeing teenagers who were leaving, many of them were falling behind um, their peers. And they saw the same way I did when, when it came to certain sports in high school. They saw, hey, I don't really have a a future in this. So let me focus on academics and let me focus on some other things I enjoy as opposed to being on this daily grind. And so I'm saying all that to say, I did want to give them a head start. I wanted them to have some early success. I didn't want to remove every barrier from, from them. And I didn't want to create a situation where they feel entitled, but I did see that. And I did see a connection between kids who uh, were successful uh, enjoying the game more which could possibly lead to them playing the game longer. And that was, and that's another reason why I felt like in-home training um, was important, again, if you're going to put them in these competitive environments. And then um, um, I'll conclude by saying, saying this, and I'm kind of free, free thinking here. I'm going to conclude by saying this. Everything I just said to you with a few notes here and there, those are the sort of rational, um, logical, reflective reasons why I um, do what I do and why I feel in-home training is important, right? So if someone asked me and I had to make an argument, that, that's, those are some of the things I would say. But there's a human element to it. There's an emotional element to it. There's just, there's a, psychological element to it. There's a chemical element to it that um, we're not gonna discuss in this particular show. And I keep promising you guys this, I have to do, a, I wanna do a whole mini series on living vicariously through your child that gets into um, all of that other deeper reasons, right? So there are re there's things I feel that to some extent I just can't control. I mean, I'm just human, you're human, we're human that also mo motivates me to help my children uh, compete in a, in, a, in, in, a, um, in a context that's publicly competitive. It, it, you know, it, that sort of gladiator type feeling where, you know, 
how they perform is a reflection of you, reflection of your family, all of this taboo feelings that we have that people don't feel comfortable normally talking about in public, well, they're all there, right? How you feel that mirroring process when you see a loved one struggle, you feel their struggle when you see them do well, you feel their excitement. You know, we wanna delve into you know what that means. We want to delve into how do we control that. We want to delve delve into how do we channel those natural and raw emotions into a uh, in a way that's positive and not negative. For us, for our ch children, for our coaches, referees, for everyone involved. So I didn't want to get too uh, Dr. Phil on you there. I didn't want to get too deep on deep um, there. But there is always going to be this criticism that I want to address now. That oh secretly there's another evil plan going on and you know I'll, I'll accept that when you become when you want to go public and like publicly share your thoughts you're going to get this but I do want to say that while I secretly don't have uh, at least I don't think I have this this master plan there are real emotions real dreams I talked about in a previous con uh, podcast there's a real satisfaction there that you receive, there's a real chemistry, there's endorphins, there's biological stuff. Again, I threw out that mirroring process that we're gonna talk about. That's real. And that impacts how I, that impacts why I don't let my sons just, you know, when they doing a drill, just loudly gag along where I might let the next kid do so in some context. That's real. And that's something that we wanna talk about with that, but that's such a specific subject that it will take a few shows to try to dig into that. And I wanna to try to find some guests that can help us talk about it as well. So again, guys, in summary, this is the first installment of a podcast series where we talk about, where I try to give some context and some life to the book, um, The Definitive Guide to In-Home Soccer Training. If you haven't downloaded The Definitive Guide to In-Home Soccer Training, please do so below, you'll see what I'm talking about. If you're reading the book, cause I know it's long, you're not gonna read it all at once and you have a question, please email me, neil at anytime-soccer.com. I'll talk to you forever about what you're doing, what I'm doing, how what you're doing is working. I love this, these conversations. You'll never get on my nerves. You can call me every day, talk about this. Uh, this is my passion. This is what I like to do. You calling me, you emailing me is, um, is a resource that I wanna provide to the community and is a resource that I, I wish I had when my, my sons first started um, soccer. Check out anytime-soccer.com, learn more about what we do, and let's get better together.